Welcome to Behind the Patch, where we present news, stories, and information of importance to the medics of Acadian Ambulance Service, as well as EMS professionals across the nation. All right, we're here today with Justin Back. Justin is president of Acadian Ambulance Service. Justin, welcome to the podcast. Morning, thank you. Our, our, our inaugural Behind the Patch podcast. And we thought, we thought we'd start at the top, and eventually we really want to talk to medics, but I know you are an, a medic. One of the things that you did to prepare for your role. That's right. I, uh, I guess I was a VP operations up in Dallas, uh, probably about uh, four or five years ago. I went to night school to become an EMT. Uh, I, I don't have a background in EMS, uh, but at the time, certainly, I, th- I just thought from a, a leadership credibility standpoint to be able to follow the conversation, um, but also to, to sort of be able to lend an extra pair of hands and be useful uh, on, on, on ride-outs. I, I spent a lot of my time in the field, uh, and yeah, there's no better way to do that than, than to be with the crew, sort of uh, sharing the experience and, and transporting patients. So, um, yeah, going through, going through school, becoming an EMT was a, a very, very tough process. It gave me a, a profound respect for, uh, for, for the passing standard and Absolutely. the grades expected of our uh, men and women becoming members of the EMS community. It's a very, very tough course. I've gone on to do further studies, and uh, you know, the EMS EMT course stands out as uh, much tougher than uh, you know, a lot of other academic pursuits I've, I've gone after. You mentioned something interesting about your experience in the field and the crew member experience, and I know that you've got a big initiative or a big, not even an initiative, to me it's a culture, and, and you call it the three C's. Talk to us about that. Yeah, very much. The three C's, it's not a slogan or a motto. It's, it, it's really a way we're trying to um, ask people to, to organize and communicate our efforts to, to absolutely strengthen the culture. Um, you know, we're in the business of people. Uh, we, you know, we, 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 we look to, to, to attract, to, to recruit, to hire, to retain you know, good, selfless people with a, with a mindset toward operational readiness and patient care. And then through that, we, we save lives and advance the cause of human dignity. I mean, it, it, this is absolutely a people, a, you know, people business uh, you know, on, on, on both sides of what we do. We, uh, we, we find good people and we look after you know, people. And, yeah, inherent to that has been a very strong culture. It's, it's continued for 50 years. Um, but, you know, the world's changing very quickly. Business is changing quickly. Demographics are changing quickly. People are changing quickly. And we've got to make sure that, that um, you know, we are being active and leaders, not, not passive followers, uh, you know, in driving a, a culture that absolutely puts our EMS crew members and our team members very, very central to everything we do. Um, I believe strongly, and I, I had a military background and, and, and sort of... Uh, you know, worked in other industries and in other countries before coming here, and and you know there are a couple of commonalities that I've really learned across you know working across the world and working across um, again different uh, you know diff, diff, different operations, and and that is that um, y- you know a culture that is authentic that absolutely puts its people first, that flips the org chart upside down and puts those who are taking the risk and those who are downrange experiencing the elements and and those who are you know. Who are putting in the effort and you know and and dealing with the frontline challenges every day have got to be the, the first and foremost concern we have, uh, and everything else cascades down from that. And you know, corporations, the larger they get, the easier it is to get away from that mindset. And very unapologetically, we're you know we're driving that back in. Um, our crew members, our team members, our you know, our comsend team members have, have have got it in the neck very very hard for the last couple of years, more so than normal going through the pandemic. Absolutely, uh, EMS crew members have as well. You know, NEMSA staff have been fighting very, very hard to staff the organisation up at a time when staffing became a really, really significant challenge across the country um, and all the way through the support departments. 
Um, you know, our, our, I don't use the term employees. We don't, people don't work for me. They work with me. They can, work for, they can do whatever they want to do for a living. But if they're going to be here, we're going to work together. Um, but, but again, this is not a sales pitch. This is absolutely a, a mindset that, that I have and I expect every member of operations leadership to have very, very centrally, very authentically. Uh, and I think we're there. Um, and this is, this is um, you know, part of a process of, as you say, strengthening an, an already great culture in a, in a company that's a storied organisation that, that you know, has saved hundreds of thousands of lives in, in, in 50 years of operating, who's employed tens of thousands of people. Um, you know, and had a huge economic impact on, on, on the state and the states in which um, we've expanded into, Texas, Tennessee, uh, Mississippi. Um, we have a great story to tell, but, but as well as telling it what we have done, we've really got to look sort of forward where we're going. And the culture has got to go from strength to strength. I think the company's future is going to be a lot bigger than its past. I've, I've, and I keep saying that, but I keep saying that for a reason. I believe it. I'm very committed to it. But if we're going to get there, we've absolutely got to realise and, and, and continue to realise and continue to challenge ourselves and remind ourselves that, that um, you know, our frontline people are uh, who are going to carry us through. Uh, and the three C's really boils down to three things, care, commit and challenge. And again, it's not, it, you know, it's not a one-way conversation. This is an expectation on everyone in the organisation. If you've got to be here, you've got to care. If you don't, you're in the wrong business. Um, what we do is tough. It is a difficult game. It's not for everyone. Um, it is a very, very selfless and courageous vocation mm-hmm. um, that, that really only speaks to and only accepts and only welcomes a small percentage of the population who can handle the rigours of what we do. Uh, and so caring is very, very central to it. And, and if you're not inspired by the mission that we have coming to work, I mean, it's pretty tough not to sort of come to work swinging every morning because... It's an incredible thing that we do. Right. Well, you, you mentioned care, and, and, and I know it's, it's obviously our medics care for our patients, mm-hmm. and then that's what most people think of. It's a great start. But the, 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 I guess the, the renewed emphasis, as you said earlier, nationwide shortage. Our medics, paramedics, EMTs are exhausted. They were exhausted before COVID. Yep. They're more exhausted after COVID. They work long hours. Um, we need to staff up to help cut overtime and to relieve them of some of those stresses. And I know that a big part of your care uh, portion is how the company cares for our medics, whether it's through their mental health, physical health, emotional health, the, the balance of work-life experience. And all those things you heard from, and your management team heard from the visits in the field, uh, have been heard. And, and I think a lot of the efforts that you're doing now are addressing that. Appreciate it. I mean. It, it is the work by a lot of people, um, but I mean, the care thing, as you say, our team members, our crew members will care for the patients uh, and, and always have, and, and, you know, and that's a commitment they've made. The question we've got to keep interrogating for ourselves is how are we caring for them? And uh, the work-life balance, it, you know, it is critical. Emotional, mental, physical wellness, you know, it, more, more is known about that than ever has been before. Um, more needs to be sort of... Um, done or paid attention to than it has been before, especially, you know, going through the latter part of this, what we hope is the latter part of this pandemic. Um, but, it's, you know, it is, again, a way of organising what it is we're doing to ensure that we are caring for our people, how we, you know, how we re-interrogating the crew experience, how are the departments and the department heads viewing the impact that they tangibly have on, on the daily experience of our crew members, our team members, and how are they ensuring we're not tripping over our own feet that we're not placing unnecessary obstacles or frustrations in their way. And so one is, is, you know, is identifying what is important to our crew members 
And what are we therefore going to do about it? Resources are fixed. They are in, in every organisation. It's about how we allocate them, um, you know, to get, to get the best return on caring for our people that we can, and then how we're communicating what we're doing. And the organisation, you know, again, 50 years later, we, we have a lot of progress. We, we have a lot of good, very advanced employee assistant, you know, employee welfare programs. Does everyone know about it? How is the onboarding experience? How are our new hires coming on and being welcomed in, in what is a, a new organisation and for a lot of them a whole new industry? And, and, and how are we helping them to navigate that, that space? Um, how are we communicating the importance of the ESOP? You know, we don't, we don't rent this place, we own it. We are employee owners. It's very different here. And different things are expected of us because of that. And so the caring thing, you know, it's multifaceted. And, and you're right, we, spend, we being myself, the operations leadership team, have all committed to spending a lot of time downrange, um, minimum two full days a month in the field. And the reason we're doing that, one is to have that human interaction. I think a lot of that got missed in the pandemic, but also think as an organisation that, that, that we're a little bit behind the pace on, on, on how much time and effort is being placed on that emphasis and on that mm-hmm. tempo. So we are having the human engagements we need to be having, uh, or at least we're getting better. But we're listening to what the problems are, not, not the problems the leadership thinks they are, but, but from the tangible crewman's, crewman's right. standpoint, what are they? And then we're doing a lot of work on the back end to then quantify what those, what those things would cost. Because things ultimately do come back down to resources, not everything, but um, a lot of things do. And so understanding what the problems are is a great precursor to understanding how we can sort of um, prioritise allocating resources. You know, pay is one thing, leave is another thing, a new uniform is another thing, restructuring uh, sick pay, uh, you know, looking at continuing education programs, looking at where we might have to bring more people on into the organisation to help from a human, uh, human resources standpoint. Um, everything takes resources, and so we, we, we're using this effort to help us quite scientifically quantify and prioritise what that's going to be. One, one, issue in, one issue that you haven't shied away from, which I think is respectable, is pay. And obviously, EMS as an industry nationwide is is underpaid, similar to teachers and a lot of the noble professions. For some reason, tend end up getting the short end of that stick. Very much so. Um, and and I know you've made some great strides recently for EMT pay and paramedic pay. And and I know you're not done. So maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we're not done. Um, you know, it is a journey, and um, this was very very crew member centric. And, and other parts of the organisation um, didn't make a sacrifice, but, but were not included in that, in that pay restructure. And the intent is that we, we make sure they are. Uh, but, but you're right, it wasn't a sort of one-shot deal. This is a journey. And, um, you know, again, I agree with you. Domestically, in the US, EMS is an is under, underpaid profession. Um, and, you know, we, we need to be and are doing what we can within the resource we have to, you know, to, to, to do our part in rectifying it. Um, you know, this, 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 this pay plan, um, you know, again, it was crew member centric, had a big focus on our paramedics. Um, as we go through the next two or three years, we want to make sure that, that um, you know, that, that continues on in a direction, you know, market-based pay is something that's been looked at by a lot of companies. Uh, it's been something that Acadian has had some involvement in. It may have to you know, become a bigger part of the future because the cost of living in some of these big cities is vastly different to some uh, you know, the smaller areas. You know, understanding the, the um, movements of, of, you know, of the industry and, 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 you know, and what pay scales are doing comes into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but ultimately, reallocating more resources toward that and away from other things is never easy to do but it's necessary. But we have demonstrated very, very clear intent and a first big step 
uh, in that intent, um, you know, to recognising and, and, and trying to elevate that. And, and you're right, we're not done. But a lot of things that, that we're doing aren't fiscally measurable. You know, they, they don't necessarily take financial resources, and they are some of the most important ones. And again, being in the field, having career conversations, and this is where the first C of care, we've got to care for our, our teammates, and we understand they will care for our patients. And then you sort of, you know, journey into the second T, uh, second C being commit. Mm-hmm. You know, and, a, and, a, and a, we've got to have and, and articulate that we have a much bigger commitment to our teammates than, than, than I think we have in the past. Career conversations are a great example. Performance appraisals are a good retroactive look back to what we perceive someone did or didn't do or the contributions they did or didn't make in the last 12 months, but we're missing half the conversation. What do people want to do within Acadian or what do they want to do in their healthcare careers or outside their healthcare careers? Are people aware of all the options to move within Acadian and stay here? Are people aware of the continuing education options? Are people aware of other ways to get involved and to build their resume in the organisation? And so this was very much a platform for those who wanted to have one, and we're, we're, we're pretty confident from the numbers we've seen that more than half the, of operations decided to have one. It was a platform for our teammates to articulate what it is they do want to do, and then for the interviewer and, and all the rest of the leadership um, framework to help them then connect the dots. They want to get into AirMed, they want to go into SMS, they want to stay where they are, they want to go into leadership, they want to go on a clinical track then good, this is a great form way to have that conversation properly. It's recorded on the, on, the, um, on the employee profile. Suggestions or advice are given as to how they can get there. You want to become an explorer post commander. You want to become a preceptor. You want to find your way into becoming an AQIC. You want to go and shadow someone on a sprint truck to see if that's for you. Uh, and then again, dots are connected within the organisation where, where the crew members can start to speak with the leadership of departments they might want to morph into in the future. Excellent. So yeah, I know I know you you are deeply committed. and You've got the company committed to to as you say, it's not a flavor of the week. It's not a slogan. It is a an enhancement of the culture that's that's already here. We've already we've had a great external culture, and this is to help I think enhance the internal culture. And yeah, I I, I agree. And and again, I, we always say we do what we do because it's worth doing. And a lot of people rely on us. Right. And 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 that 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 confidence has been very well placed for half a century, and it will for another half a century. Um, you know, I I do think we can do a better you know a, a better job on our internal engagement. You know, the, you know the other half of that, and that's really what we're doing. The crew experience is a very tangible thing. You know, people are going people are going to stay in EMS or they're going to leave. If they're here, they're going to work with us or they're going to work with someone else. There's plenty of options out there. What are we doing to make sure the crew member experience here is better, less frustrating, more rewarding than it is somewhere else? And we're not there. Um, we're getting better. I think the last six months, hopefully more people than, than not will agree that we've made improvements. The next six months, we should see more of them. Um, if nothing else, we are absolutely listening, but not just with a view to empathising, but, but again, with a view to finding tangible, field-driven right. ways of improving that crew member experience. Um, we've, you know, we are going after a whole range of, of, of new initiatives to staff the organisation up, but it it's it's it you know it's not that valuable. It's not that potent if we're not holding on to the talent we do have, uh, and our crew members have have fought hard to be here, and 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 they deserve to be wanted, and and, and valued for a long time to come. And that's always been the goal of the company. I just think we're going after it in in, in more effective and more sophisticated more, ways, more, now. a more driven way. And I know mm-hmm. the crew member experience really encompasses everything from compensation to the benefits of of like the employee assistance program yep. to the Equipment, whether they have vehicles that are driving and, and, and the proper equipment, 
to the comfort of their uniforms. I mean, it really encompasses their entire, their entire work day, and I know that's something you're focused on. It does. And look, it's a subjective thing. What, what, what's important to one person is, is, you know, is, is very different to the next person. And so, you know, a lot of this is really about what do we need to be doing for, for the most amount of people, um, and then we can start to get more creative and refine things, you know, as, as we go. But, you know, a, a new uniform is, is you know, a really highly emotive topic to a lot of people. Um, you know, something with more, more modern fabric, something that's more modular, something that's more downrange. More comfortable. More comfortable um, and, you know, more usable, I think, is, uh, you know, and, and, and that was a, an issue that came from the field. And so... Mm-hmm. It's impossible, again, to think that everyone's going to be unanimously supportive or in love with the end product. Uh, that's just not a reality, considering the size of the organisation. But a better product for, for most people or for more people you know, is the goal. If nothing else, this is being driven by the field. The committee is a field-focused committee. It'll be, you know, the, the different manufacturer options will be field-tested across the, the heat of our summer, uh, and the decision will ultimately be, you know, be made along those lines. Um, you, you know, looking at pay and benefits, looking at how leave is structured, um, you, know, you know, again, is, it's, it, it's very difficult um, to have a conversation with someone that says, well, if you're going to give me a week of leave at the end of my first year, are you saying that, that, that I, I don't need or deserve any leave during the span of that first year? And that's a hard answer to give. And so it's conversations like that that drive, well, what are we going to be doing for leave especially in the earlier parts of someone's tenure, um, you know, to recognise that this is probably a gap uh, in that career experience and, and, and how we're going to shore it up. But I've, I've got to say that, that since we started having this discussion, all the departments involved have been very, very honest and transparent and humble and forward-leaning uh, you know, about what we are going to do to make these improvements. And a great example is, is, is what you and the PR team have been helping us out with, and that is how we're going to effectively communicate with... You know, a, a geographically highly dispersed, you know, um, team who is comprised of, of, of multiple generations. Mm-hmm. You know, of a, 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 a very diverse demographic, um, and yeah, and, and, and what are the, 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 the platforms and the mediums we're using to, to reach people in a way that's impactful or effective Absolutely. to them? And that's a project that's a leaving, changing beast in itself. But mm-hmm. at least I think we're doing a better job than we have been of, of trying to harness it. Your final C is challenge. Talk to me about the challenge. And challenge is, is it's not at the end um, because it's less important. It is a poignant reminder to all of us that this is a, a, a multi-direction conversation. This right. is not an exercise in just the organisation as resource being allocated in a more effective way. Um, the challenge is absolutely the, the, you know, a reminder that you know, the most potent part of the crew experience is how we're treating each other. Right. You know, you know pay raises... Uh, great reallocation of resources, but but you know the um, you know the, the, the efforts going into a new uniform is a reallocation of resources. A lot of these things are, you know, we, we, we've got to back it up with a challenge of saying, is everyone doing their part? You know, are we being brilliant at the basics? Are we are we doing what what you know is expected of a standard professional? Turning out to work on time, being operationally ready, being shift ready, mm-hmm. having our equipment squared away, being squared away. You know, um, you know, you know, staying physically, sort of operationally um, capable, and treating our patients the right way, treating our customers, treating medical staff at the facilities the right way. Um, very importantly, being safe and treating our crew members and our crewmates, you know, the, the right way. 
that's vastly more important than anything that any organisation you know can do for and with and through its team. It's how the team interacts with itself and each other. I've heard you mention it as a essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but a two-way challenge. It's you know the 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 field needs to challenge management and the company to continue on the caring Absolutely. and the commitment, and we challenge them to continue to provide the feedback, provide the the information we need to continue to make their lives better. As you say, we are a we are one team, lots of different pieces, lots of different moving parts. But I think this is an exciting initiative. And I mean, the crew member most of the time they spend is with another crew member. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and again, it, it comes down to the individual responsibility as a professional to be brilliant at the basics. And so as an organisation, we are. We really are listening and we really are trying to do a better job of building a better work environment uh, and a service environment for our teammates. The challenge is a, just a strong reminder that everyone here plays a part. Every person in the organisation has a role to, you know, to lift the tide, uh, to make it a, you know, a better work environment, to, you know, to... To, uh, to make it a safer place to operate, you know, and, you know, getting off late is, is a tough thing to solve. It comes with staffing up, it comes with changing shifts around, it comes with, with a lot of things, but one of them is people turning up to work on time. Yeah. I would like to talk to you uh, in the future if you'll come back and kind of give us updates as to how, how it's going, and uh, I would like to talk to you more about our recruitment efforts in, a, in another episode. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Love to. Thanks for thanks the time. We hope you have enjoyed listening to Behind the Patch. Presented by Acadian Ambulance Service. If you have ideas for topics you'd like included in future episodes, please email podcast at acadian.com. Acadian is the largest employee-owned ambulance service in the nation, serving areas of Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Texas. We are currently hiring EMTs and paramedics. To learn more about joining our incredible team, visit whyacadian.com.